If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Happy Monday, everybody. Hanging in, doing all right. Good to be with you. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well. Find us on Twitter at Jay Cameron Show. And as we're wont to do at the start of these shows, a reminder, if you're watching on WarChant TV, to like and subscribe. Helps others find the program and uh, does us, does our heart well. Today's a day uh, that we dread every year, isn't it? Uh, it is uh, the the first day of uh, no more football. That's it. That's all. No more. It's the most heartbreaking day of the year, and it happens to fall on a sorry made up holiday like Valentine's Day. It's perfect. Painful, I tell you. So you're not doing any reads for chocolate services. I hope if they'll pay me, I'll do the reads. Okay. I mean, for things like this, I mean, for a read of chocolate, you know, I'm pretty particular about the things that I endorse, but if you say, Jeff, will you do a read for chocolate? Yeah, I'll do that. I eat chocolate. Chocolate's good. I'll do that. I'm, <laughs> if you get stuck having to do all this Valentine's Day stuff, that's on you guys. Chocolate's good year round. I'll read that if you want me to, but I don't think we got any. Uh, so anyhow, the worst day of the year is the day in which we say goodbye to football. Uh, you say hello to the new world champion, uh, Los Angeles Rams. Congrats to the Rams. They anteed up, pushed the chips in, and won it. Uh, it doesn't make them likable, but it is smart. And it, if you're going to do it, if you're going to ante up, and you're going to go out and buy a bunch of players and mortgage your future, then you have to win. Then you have to win, and they did. They nearly didn't. But they did, and that's all that matters. So if you're a Rams fan or player, obviously, you're elated. And uh, it's uh, it's got to be satisfying because uh, that's what you do when you decide, we don't need these draft picks. We don't care about the salary cap. We're going to get these guys because we think we can win right now. And they did, and they did. It was a weird game. It was a weird game. My take on this game was that it wasn't good. It was not a good game. Now that's interesting. I didn't think it was a good game. Uh, I thought both coaches were terrible uh, in this game. 
Uh, McVay tried to face plant for the second time in a Super Bowl. Uh, boy, when that guy gets to the big game, you don't want him anywhere near your playbook. He's awful. Uh, I don't know how many times you're going to run on first down when you're, uh, <laughs> you have a negative 10.1 rushing EPA on 18 carries. It was one of the sorriest rushing performances in the history of the postseason. But, hey, we're going to keep on running. We're going to keep on running. My man, throw the football. He decides to out of sheer desperation for the final drive. And guess what? They scored throwing the football. He was terrible. Didn't really deserve to win the game. Felt bad for Cam, didn't you? Like, man. That was a toughie. There's maybe one run where I thought, oh, you could have done a lot more with that, Cam. What are you doing? Clearly he's protecting the football with Mm -hmm. two because of the Tampa incident. Mm Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of other runs where there was no time whatsoever. You know, Cam had to break and bounce outside. But I'm thinking, yeah. oh, is he is he getting greedy, or is or is that what's what needs to happen? And then you see the replay, and it's evisceration between the guards, and you're like, well, he's got nowhere to go. Yeah, that they, happened probably six or seven times. Yeah, both offensive lines were dominated by the defensive lines. There's no doubt about that, and uh, that made for uh, tough sledding without question. Uh, I, I I thought it was. Um, they were pretty, two pretty miserable offenses. Uh, now, you can argue, if you're arguing, if you're going to argue against my take on McVay, you're going to say, well, I think they wanted to throw the ball, Jeff, but Odell, who was lighted up on his two catches, by the way, what a bad beat that is. If you had the Odell over on the yardage of 60, and maybe I did, how about two catches for 52 yards, they can't stop them, and oh, I'm out for the game. Now, I'll tell you something. Good on you, prize picks. Prize picks is where I had one of those wagers. They refunded my money. They called it an injury refund. What? Yep. That's amazing. Ah, they sent me a notice. I got an email. I'll read it. To Who you. does that? That's part of the game. Prize picks does. Use the promo code WARCHANT. Uh, yeah, man, they do. They send it back to me. They're like, look, you got screwed. We know it. The world knows it. You were on the right side of that bet. He was going to cruise past 60. I've I've been riding Odell's. Uh, yardage totals every week on prize pick because I don't know what the hell they're doing. Every week it's like 52, 57. Like, wh- that's who he's throwing to. When are you guys going to get it into your head that it's not Odell from Cleveland? It's not out of shape, Odell. He's the guy again. He's running just as fast as he ever did. And they kept putting those prop uh, props really low. He was going to cruise right past the 60, but then he got hurt. Anyhow, as an aside, you might want to argue – hey, I think they wanted to throw the ball, he went down to injury, and so they, they went away from it. Well, that's a pretty flimsy game plan. If one guy goes down and you can't throw anymore, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah, the one interception to 18, I, I forget the guy's mm-hmm. name, that's a bad ball, too. They kept on killing the receiver. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, that's, that's a bad a, ball. That's a really bad ball. He didn't play all that well. No. No. He didn't play that well. Uh, I'm happy for him. The game in Tampa was a far better performance, start to finish, than this game in the Well, Super and Bowl I'm happy Stafford. for him, by the way. Matthew Stafford is, seems like one of the good guys of the league. All of his teammates love him. I was listening to an interview uh, with, um, oh, I'm trying to, th- Megatron. Megatron was talking about how when he goes back to Detroit to, to you know, support the franchise and the team. Surprisingly, he doesn't have any ill will. He uh, he loves Stafford. He talked about how hard he works and all that. I was like, okay, that's good to hear. I've never had anything against him. I liked him when he was at Georgia, whatever. Um, what and, a year for Georgia Bulldogs and Atlanta Braves yeah, fans. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so I was happy for, for him, uh, and obviously I'm happy for Cam. Um, and so, you know, you, you see that and you think, okay, uh, good, good to see one of the good guys get it. 
and, and win. And you have some old school veterans on that club that I was happy for. I'm happy for Cam because of, you know all he's the, a hard worker and the nonsense here. I mean, you pick this time in Florida State's history yeah. to be our feature player. Yeah. Then there's injury, uh, lack of luck there. Then there's the two fumbles against the Bucks, and you wonder, man, does that mean that all of his carries are gone subsequent to that week? They weren't. Yeah. So good. He yeah. deserves something good to break his way. Well, and clearly McVay thinks he's Jesus because we're just going to keep giving him the ball <laughs> despite it, yeah. overwhelming evidence that we can't run. Well, and Stafford said the hell with that on the touchdown to Cup too because yeah. that's a called run. Yes. I mean, if I had been Stafford and I was watching my opportunity to win a Super Bowl go out the door with McVay's frightened playbook, I would be like, look, man, we didn't come all this way for you to screw this up. I saw you score three points against the Patriots in the Super Bowl the last time you were here. I know about you. Uh, you freezing up my ass. When I get into the huddle, we're going five wide and chucking it. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it does make you feel a little bit worse than, you know, if the Buccaneers were healthy this year. I mean, mm. better than either of those two teams that yeah. played yesterday. But Oh, you know how many teams watched that game last night oh. and thought, uh, this is the be- these are the best two teams, really? The Buffalo really. market, the Kansas City Buffalo, market, Kansas Green City. Bay. Well, Kansas City going to be like, well, you lost to this group. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, right. I yeah. mean. <sighs> but I thought the game actually was entertaining in the first half. First play of the third quarter is great, and then it goes, I mean, completely to nothing. The next hour and a half is just a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> it just wasn't real good. wasn't real good. Um, I, I think, you know, sheer desperation leads the way to the victory, and I give them credit. Uh, you know, Stafford had to throw it, and they do. On that 15-play drive, 11, 11 of them are throws. Yeah, that, that's what they should have been doing because they can't cover Cooper Cup. It's crazy to me to see that the whole world knows that guy's getting the ball, and they don't ever stop him. Nobody does. It's insane. His numbers for this season, playoffs combined, you know, now that it's it's the most absurd thing. He averages over 100 yards a game for over 20 games. Mm. So you're telling me there wasn't a three week spell where teams figured out how to cover him? No. They bracket him or do something? Right. Nothing. Well, hell, the Bucs couldn't cover him when they knew they had to throw (laughs) it to him. (laughs) Let's blitz nine. Let's you know, send everybody. Todd Bowles' best friend is is what happened with Kansas City and Buffalo that night. Because if it didn't go down that epically in oh, that yeah. football game, yeah, yeah. which felt like the Super Bowl, yeah. and neither team made it to the Super Bowl, not the winner of the game, then Todd Bowles will be talked about a lot more right now. My God, that is just an absurd blunder. Well, and I when you and I did the uh, Scuttlebox the next uh, day or whatever, I said to you, I was like, look, man. That guy just cost himself a chance to be a head coach. I mean, that performance. And he was bad all year. He was bad all year. Uh, I don't know what happened. You know what was crazy about last night was that final play for Burrow. Mm. When that football is in the air, I'm thinking it's going to be complete. <laughs> that looks for a split second like, oh, my God, that's going to get – I think it was P. Ryan yeah. who was there. Well, there's think- actually no reason for uh, P. Ryan to be in the game. They continued to give him the ball in third and short and fourth and short. I'm like, man – well, that was another thing that was crazy. Like, you're over on Mixon's rushing total hit, but it didn't feel like they were do- – there was more like us, watching us play mm-hmm. uh, this year in, in Tallahassee, which is there are explosive runs, but there is no sustained three- and four-yard run. That's what it felt like for, for Cincinnati because I thought they said, well, Cincinnati can run the ball tonight. Collinsworth said that in the third or fourth quarter. Go, oh, he was he was terrible I, too, by the way. I don't feel like they by can. By the way, he was terrible too. Collinsworth was awful last yeah. night. That was a bad day at the office for him. Everything he said was filled with hyperbole, over-the-top nonsense. It was crazy. I, I, anyhow, that, uh, you know, the game— Boy, you hated the game. No, I, the, I love if the— If Joe won it, would you be feeling differently fundamentally I'd be about happier because I was rooting for him, but I—no, I, I listen, I didn't even— 
I just thought that it was disjointed. I thought it was poorly coached. I thought it was uh, – there were a couple factors that led into all that. And then I hated for the two teams and their fans that – you know, or anybody who loves football, that, you know, you get 59 minutes of refs doing the right thing, and then at the end they decide, screw it, we're going to inject ourselves into the end of this game. What are we doing? Uh, they, they came so close to calling a good game. They came really close, and then they decided to screw it all up. Um, it's frustrating. You, you, you know, you can't call that third and ten holding on Wilson. You cannot call that. There's nothing there. You can't call that. You've let him play the whole game, and then you that's going to set up fourth down. Rams probably don't go down and score. No, I think they might kick it there, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be fourth and long, and instead you call that. In the last two minutes of the game, you involve yourself completely. Yeah, I feel like they might have kicked and played defense at that point and tried because their D-line was dominating so much that I don't think it's a bad call of fourth and ten from whatever it would have been, the fifteen. Yeah, you might kick it, get it to 2019, and then you got your three timeouts and and roll the dice there. Yeah, you can't call that. It's a shame. It's a shame. And The NFL, and look – at the end of the day, whatever. I, I'm not a, a Bengals fan. I'm certainly not a Rams fan. I'm fairly indifferent about the Super Bowl uh, when my team's not in it. I just want to see a great – I do. I want to see a great game. Yeah, I'll pick a side. You never watch a game and don't actually have a side that you're rooting for, either because you're gambling on the game or you just inherently like this player more than that player or whatever it might be. You're going to root for somebody. But as rooting goes – yeah, I mean, I like Joe Burrow a lot. I'm on record in before the draft as saying that's the guy, right? Love that guy. So I'd like to see him win it, and those Bengals fans have suffered a lot. Uh, so, you know, anytime you get a fan base like that, I'm, I'm pretty much rooting for him to, to get a win. But it, it really, that's not the reason. I'm just sort of like the, the, the second half, outside of that first play of the second half, you got a whole lot of nothing and a lot of uh, – uh, fearful play calling, I thought, for both sides. Uh, I would also say that, you know, one of the things that we recognize going into the game, it's so rare that it plays out this way, but, I mean, we said bottom line was I doubt Cincinnati can block the Rams. They haven't been able to block anybody for that matter. Well, has there ever been a more glaring opportunity and need? Like, if you're Cincinnati, you, you're that close to winning the Super Bowl. Another 15 yards, and that kid's going to make the kick, and you're going to overtime. And you could steal a win against a team whose roster is a lot better than yours, which, once again, two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to McVay, who's always circled as a genius. I'm like, my man, your roster is infinitely better than their roster, and here we are again. So, But if you're Cincinnati, you're saying, all right, if we just spend all of whatever assets we have, whatever we have to do to go out and retool this offensive line, we're set because they're pretty good on defense, although I tell Eli Apple to go to hell. Um, oh, man, how do you get lost well, there? He's awful. But, I, you know, so I, I would be moving on from him. But, yeah, I don't know how you – it's the goal line. But so bottom line is if you go get that group up front fixed – They'll be back. They'll be well. They'll have a chance. They'll they'll certainly be there. I mean, unfortunately for them, as great as Joe Burrow is, yeah, you got to run that gauntlet again. You got to do that again, man. Because uh, Kansas City's not really going anywhere, and Buffalo's really not going anywhere. So that's a tough. That's why when you get that's there, that's why when you get, you that's need to blow they, out your opponent like the Bucks did. Well, if you're the Rams today, you exhale because this was so much more about if you don't win it. You know, you're screwed from now until you can get this cap situation righted and reclaim some draft picks 
of which you would have a bounty next year when you finished two and fourteen. <laughs> hey, I said it last week. Did you see that in the sports media circles? There's talk that McVeigh's going to walk away and, oh, and join buddy. Monday Night Football. He should, of course, of course. Now you got the job done, but yeah, he he knows what's coming. He knows that firestorm. Yeah, that place is going to have thirty-five thousand people in it, mostly away fans, in about two years for Rams games. Yeah, no, they had to win it. They had to win it, and uh, they did. They did. So you know, that's the thing. When any team does what the Rams did, and to some extent, every team does. If you've done a good job of drafting, like if you take the Bucks for example, the Bucks team that roster was loaded before they went out, and then Tom Brady said yes. Now, did Brady take him over the top without question? And anybody could have signed Brady. Anybody could have, but he came to Tampa. Thank goodness. The only other thing that they really did was, obviously, Antonio Brown, he convinced the team to take in. Uh, I, I would maintain they would have won the Super Bowl anyhow, but they did. Uh, and, of course, Gronk came in. Now, those are big three acquisitions. Those are a big deal. They are. But everybody else was drafted. Evans was drafted. God was drafted. Vita Vea was drafted. That defense was drafted. Everybody was drafted, except for JPP, really. And, he'd and, been and, there a minute, though. Yeah, he'd been there a while, and nobody really wanted him with half a hand. So it's like, you know, look, at the end of the day. Hey, man, he played well before this year, though. He was a good player. Oh, I'm not ripping him. Oh, okay. I'm saying nobody in free yeah. agency really wanted him yeah. because he had half a hand. He blew it up being an idiot. So, you know, um, he did play well for us prior to this year where he was useless. Uh, but I, I, I look at the Rams, and I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to do that, if any team's going to do that, and that, that I've argued you could do this. I'm, I'm In a weird way, I'm glad they did it because I think it encourages more teams to take those kinds of risks. Now, you want to build your team through the draft for the most part, but if you've got a pretty good core and you're a quarterback away, see Matthew Stafford, go get the damn quarterback and go make a run at it. Give whatever you've got to give. Go grab Jalen Ramsey. I don't resent them for that it does again it doesn't make you imminently likable but it is smart you can do that but you better win you better win because you are mortgaging your future that is it right they they basically announced to the world yeah we're in it to win it that's yeah, this it. Is it this is it right this here this is it right here this is it and uh when when it happens uh, obviously you get to celebrate it all right i've pushed it off long enough uh i will have to touch on the debacle in Chapel Hill, and I'm not excited to do so because that turned into a pity party, and that is no way to talk about your team when another team is disrespecting you to the point of not trying, not playing hard in the second half because you're no threat. And that's what North Carolina did. It was like when Urban Meyer took a knee against Bowden at halftime with all three of his timeouts in a 17-point game. You're of no consequence. You're not a threat. I'll take a knee here at halftime, Bobby. That was the ultimate insulting moment where I was like, okay, that's it. You can't have that. You can't have people chiding you with their actions, right? North Carolina did that to us on Saturday. That was uh, unacceptable. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm going to let it play. I'm going to let it play. 
You just did not want to hear that liner. So, I hate the way that this is set up with the Spotify, but um, usually there's a one-second delay when you hit play before this thing's like, okay, this is what you want to play. You want me to play this song? It went in two nanoseconds. Yeah, I saw the look on your face. There's usually, like, you wait for the last couple of words of my big mm -hmm. voice telling you, you know, two locations, whatever, boom, hit it. The delay syncs up perfectly. It sounds beautiful. This time... Drive-by truckers came in hot. Spotify was like Omar Vizquel, you know? There's a ground <laughs> ball and a hold of short. Here we go. It's all over it today. Uh, so, I don't know if you did this. I don't like to do this, but um, I couldn't believe some of the numbers uh, that were surrounding Florida State's game against North Carolina and Chapel Hill on Saturday. Uh, this felt like the easiest money you could make, but I it would be blood money. I didn't want to do it, Tom. I was like, man, give me North Carolina all day. I'm going to do alternate line North Carolina. Like, I'll give 15. I don't think Florida State's going to show up. That was my mind. I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I felt guilty. I should have cashed it. Should have done it. I'd have been sweating late. Yeah, you would have been. That's I'd have right. Been sweating late. That second half. 50 to 32. Yeah. Like, what are we doing in that second half? It's nuts. So, uh, you know, the point of all that. It's not that I was about to make blood money on my beloved Knowles by betting sizable uh, amounts of money and giving a lot of points to them, knowing that this kind of uh, ass-sorry performance was on deck. We did. We knew it. They were injury-riddled. It's not a good matchup in the front court. There are a lot of problems for this matchup. Plus, as I told you on Friday, You're going to get a desperate North Carolina team who's right now on the outside looking in, according to bracketology and all of that. They're talking about how, eh, maybe, maybe they they don't get in. So I'm like, all right, blood in the water. We never play well up there. They're hungry. We're injury-riddled, lacking confidence. There is no missing ingredient to this formula. No, everything about it just screamed, take Carolina. They're going to beat the brakes off of Florida State. Now, that said, you can't be down 62-24 to 24 at halftime. Say that out loud. First of all, never mind our paltry 24 points, which, Jesus. But secondly, 62. You give up 62 points and a half. It screams, we don't care to be here. We're not trying very hard. We have quit on each other. We don't care. We are not valuing the possessions the way that you are valuing your possessions. Uh, and we certainly are not making the most of said possessions the way that they are undoubtedly making the most of their possessions. And so it is that you look at the ineptitude at the half and you say, oh, I see where North Carolina shot 75% from the field. What a half. Problem is, a lot of people shoot that against us these days. Everybody. They went 9 of 12 from beyond the arc. Reoccurring theme. It is a 38-point halftime lead for North Carolina, which is the largest halftime lead that the Tar Heels have ever enjoyed in an ACC game played in the Deendom. That goes back to 1986 in that establishment. As long as uh, I've been alive, yeah. What a year for the Mets. So, so you think about it, 
you think, okay, well, what does that mean, uh, Jeff? You know, they're injury riddled, they're young in some spots. Well, it means they weren't playing real hard, and that isn't acceptable. I might note they were also down twenty-four to one. Twenty-four to one, to one. Come on, man. <laughs> there's a whole lot to be discouraged by. There's an overwhelming uh, feeling that uh, perhaps when Caleb Mills turned his ankle with 12:35 or thereabouts, I think it was left in the first half, they decided well, that's it. That's all. Now they weren't making shots before that, and they weren't making anything before that. They couldn't shoot at all. Uh, which is also a disturbing trend. Uh, but, boy, I'll tell you what, if I'm Coach Hamilton, I, I this is a tough – this was a tough afternoon for a lot of reasons beyond the score. The score is the score, right? It became uh, basically a countdown to, to get out. I mean, Carolina didn't play the second half with any sense of uh, – uh, of urgency or or focus, obviously. Yeah, they could have just done a 20-minute running clock in the second half. Yeah. I mean, the part that I was referencing before the break that really is insulting is that when a team takes pity on you, uh, it's the ultimate form of disrespect. You know, it's like when somebody lets you win at something as a grown-up, I mean, good Lord, that's embarrassing. You know, if you're playing a game with somebody and you're both grown-ups and they decide, I'm going to let Tom win. I, I feel for him here. He's He can't win this trivia game. You'd be like, <laughs> you like that? I got that. That was good. Yeah, that was yeah, good. Yeah, trivia yeah, game. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. So it. so the point would be. When's trivia night? The, the point would be that you can't ever. I mean, it's just blatant disrespect. Like, oh, well, it's Jerry. Jerry, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're just going to beat Jerry half to death out here? Come on. Jerry can't play. 5'7", can't dribble. He's fat. Well, don't go hard at Jerry. That's not right. You get, a, you get asked a question, Jason Blank at the 400 unit. Smith, I think Jeff's taking a dime. Yeah, I think he might be. He seems is to he letting be me win? <laughs> this is insulting. So they call off the dogs, and we only lose by 20. Some of our fans will mistake that as a valiant effort in the second half. I won't. Um, now, again, three players ended up with uh, nice stats. Cameron Fletcher had his best game. I don't know what to take from it other than we do see the signs of that athleticism that drew our attention to begin with. Now, 16-10 and 10, uh, might be the result of this game not mattering to North Carolina in the second half. But, hey, uh, maybe it gives them some confidence. Uh, you know, he got 13 points apiece from Matthew Cleveland and Raekwon Evans. But uh, you know, those numbers, uh, again, are, are the result of an opponent who just decided you're no threat. We really don't care. What do you do? What do you do, honestly? Because if I'm ham, obviously I need a lot of these guys to come back. I need Butler to come back. I need Mills to come back. I need Cleveland to come back. But I'm begging or I'm hoping – that I'm, I, I want the services to these players who, uh, you know, weren't filled with a, much of a fight in that first half. It's um, I mean, an important week because now you're on quit watch? Well, yeah. I mean, furthermore, you know, the next game and the next game. And what, what happens next time they go down 10 because a 12-2 run after a nice start? You're up 10-6 to or something, and now it's, uh, you know, 24-12 to the other team. 
They Cle- go on a huge run. Well, we need to. This is this is yeah, what we have to yeah. do now. Clemson's a guard heavy team, and we're going to be without our guards or without Caleb Mills. It seems like. I don't. I don't know what you do. It's an amazing press conference. Corey pointed it out in his story on WarChant.com. You can read um, where he talked about, you know, look, the injuries are bad, uh, but but you have to show some fight. I mean, in essence, that's the article. You have to show that you care to be here and to try. I mean, have some damn pride. But if you're, I mean, if you're Leonard, I, I think you're confronting, um, you know, something above and beyond the wins and losses here. Okay, teams have, you know, programs have bad years. It happens. Uh, you, you look around, programs more established and whose history is richer than ours have had seasons where it's an inexplicable uh, campaign and you're watching somebody lose, you know, 20 games that has real good talent and you're thinking to yourself, what, what's going on here? It can happen. Injuries mount. You lose confidence with each defeat. Younger guys perhaps uh, hit a wall. All these things add up, and all of a sudden, you're on the wrong end of a lot of these results. But it can't ever be that in the midst of that, the down year, as frustrating as it is to watch, and certainly i got to imagine it is to play through, it can never be that we're watching a team lose games and wondering whether or not they flat-out quit on their coaches and each other. No, no, no. I can live with a bad season. I can live with guys who fight and play hard, even when the odds are stacked against them because of whatever circumstances. In this case, injury. That that's I can live with it. It's not ideal, but you know, show me a little something. Get better in the areas that you can get better in. Play the young players. Let's see them grow. They're going to lose games. They're not experienced enough. They're not good enough. They're not deep enough. Whatever it might be, right? But you can't have us out here wondering whether or not you care to play. That that's a disaster, and that's tough to overcome. I mean, like. If that permeates a program or a culture, you got a real problem on your hands, and I never thought I'd be talking like this. No, I think what you need to do this offseason is do what Leonard has, has talked about, which is hit the transfer portal hard and bring Oof. in veterans. You need a veteran overhaul for this roster. I think that's that's assured. Even if Malik Osborne came back, you need a veteran overhaul. and Because the, the high school ranks are not going to yield, at least yeah. they haven't, and it doesn't look like they're going to again the type of players that are immediate one-and-done types that you know are going to elevate the program. They could be role players in their freshman years, some of these guys that are coming in, but they cannot be the reason. They cannot be what we devised with our starting five. So there could be a big purge. Uh, there's going to be just from graduation and, and lack and exhaustion of eligibility. Yeah. But the question is, how do you fortify the roster? Because I don't think it's as simple as if Malik comes back, we're okay for next year with what we're adding. I don't think it's that simple. you got to go dip into the portal and find some toughness. A lot of it. A lot of it. In I'm, multiple ways. Like along the glass out. and actual mental toughness, all of it. I'm throwing out cash left, right, and center. Here we go, everybody. Come on down. There's a fun game. Yeah, that is a fun game. Orange Theory Fitness. New members. If you join, first class, always free. So go check it out for yourself. Don't just trust me, but go find out for yourself by going in and saying, hey, I want to take one of these classes. I want to hear what it's all about. I want to see what it's all about. I've heard about it. From Jeff, your first month is free when you purchase a heart rate monitor, so they incentivize the heck out of it. You'll love the members there. They're very encouraging, but the coaching more than anything else is uh, what I appreciate, which is we've got an exact science, science-based exercise physiology that helps you see real gains pretty shortly after joining. So if you want to learn more about it, go to Orange Theory Fitness. There's two locations, one in Midtown and one on the north side out by Fresh Market, and find out for yourself. That's Orange Theory Fitness.
While many other roofing companies hire out subcontractors to do their work for them, T-Spark Enterprises hires employees, and that's because they value the immense benefits that come with having a trusted, reliable, and highly trained crew that can be held to the highest standards. T-Spark is known for that. Experts in their craft with pride in their work. That's the T-Spark difference. T-Spark is the best in town. Give them a call today, 766-1340, or get a free quote online at tsparkconstruction.com. Did you see where uh, 50 Cent got fat shamed on the internet last night? That was great. I <laughs> loved that halftime Oh, show. they did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we knew when you heard the lineup, you're like, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. But the I thought that the layout was awesome. That set that was set really was fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they, they'd do more with it, like, you know, move around within it. But yeah. they, they did enough to go to the different rooms, like the living room. Yeah, and, they did a really good job. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, 50 was off on his timing, too, for the first verse or so. Yeah. Like, Ooh, he's, it's all the he fat. Not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, that was freshman year of high school for me when uh, Get Richard Die Trying came out. The problem for 50 is that he was in such good shape for so long, yeah, the second you let yourself go, everybody's like, look at 50 Cent. I mean, it took... I, I said when he came out... Turned into Centlo Green. <laughs> I said when he came out, T-minus three seconds until we hear he's a dollar or whatever. I mean, like, I knew... Like, I, it's happening. <laughs> he might be a five. He might be a Lincoln. <laughs> 50's made a lot of money. <laughs> And he's not missing meals, baby. No, he's, he's not having missing a, meals. He's having the time of his life. He had the worst first pitch ever at uh, yeah. City Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? If you're going to be at that out of shape, props to your leg strength to be able to be <laughs> upside down because that's a lot of holding. Oh, my man you're holding was, on for dear life. Yeah. That was, <laughs> as soon as I saw him, I went, what happened to 50 Cent? My wife said, he's eating. Yes, he is. Uh, also, of the non-game related, but you know, the weekend that was since we were talking about Florida State's pathetic effort in showing against North Carolina, and then also the halftime show. But man, how lucky are we that we got two hole in ones at the uh, waste management on six? I mean, that's incredible. Both of those hole in ones to watch that crowd. You just, I Amanda Bellionis is just wearing beers. Wearing beers, and I gotta give her all the credit in the world. They play, they they played the audio, not the video. Uh, later on, the audio of her from the day before, and she's giggling and laughing away. She's like, "This is great." She thinks it's funny. I'm like, "Good, okay, good. You're solid." That was fantastic. How good for golf is that? Uh, it's good to a point. Oh, it's great. I think they may need to put netting up but in those <laughs> stands to make sure that people don't chuck beer all over the greens. I don't know that that's the best thing in the world. It's not a hockey rink. That's um, all right. That's, it was great. I'm not trying to be stuck up a golf guy, but yeah. also logistically speaking, it's going to hold up play for 20 minutes, and sponsors aren't going to like that very much. I saw there was a Geico shot of the day that happened on Golf Channel on the East Coast. I'm sure that they called and were not thrilled about that <laughs> because of the Coors Light cleanup. But, oh, my God. It's just... It's that madness. atmosphere, I love that week. It is a well, contained week, but I, I want to be out there. And you know next year the Super Bowl is out there it in Phoenix? It is. The whole thing is calling Wouldn't for us be to be something. in Phoenix next year. It's awesome. I started thinking about this too, man. Old people had a tough weekend because they had to watch that halftime show oh, yeah, and then yeah. that golf with the beer. I'm like, old, old white people are like, oh, no, clutching pearls everywhere. It was just a clutch and pearls kind of Saturday, Sunday for them this weekend. 
If it wasn't bad enough that Dre and Snoop started out, here comes Mary J. Blige. And- yeah, it's great. I love that halftime show. So did you, because oh, we're not awesome. racist. But it was the best. I'm just picturing. Well, you could still hate the, the music format. Well, <laughs> you but could. But it was. But I've, yeah, the people who were commenting on that, you're like, mm-hmm. Like the last three gotcha. halftime shows that I loved, like truly loved. Yeah. Prince, of course. I was at the game. That's so cool. I yeah. was there the to see Prince in the rain, baby. And then I love the Bruno Mars halftime show from about five years ago. He was great. Years U2's was incredible after uh, 2001. That was unbelievable. Yep, the, love, that, that is the liner un- and the jacket. Oh, it's unbelievable. The it's one of the, the greatest performances ever, yes. But, uh, yeah, there have been a lot of uh, yeah. ho-hum, this didn't do anything for me performances over the years. The last year's was trash. Uh, yeah, The weekend uh, never really had a chance. I don't even know how The weekend got chosen, but. I was okay with that though, that it wasn't an act I really wanted to see because I needed a break. As you a wanted Bucks to go fan. walk around, yeah. and I like his songs, but I, like I didn't, you know, it just looked like a bad VH1 music video. Yeah, I um, yeah, the Shakira J Lo one, no. Well, there's a lot of Lady Gaga was good. To tune in there. I mean. Oh man, see, I shouldn't have done that. That's that's on that's on me. Yes, sir. That's on me for putting that hey, on the team. Hey, hey, hey! Just saying, it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Nobody tuned into that halftime show for the music, Tom. The J Lo Shakira one. Nobody was like, "Man, I hope she plays track three off of that third album." <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Real Talk Radio talking you through the depressing Monday after football ends and you're forced to confront your new reality. Weekends without football, unless you're going to get locked into the USFL and one of these other garbage leagues. When does that start up? Oh, I don't know. And that, and they've promoted a lot and it hasn't really does it resonate. In the brain. Yeah. Telling you, we're all seasonal, man. It's hard to break the, the bonds. It really is. If you, th- if you throw me football... Uh, in, in like, I, in April and May, I'm like, eh, eh. Looking forward to spring football. The tournament, since we're not in it, it's going to have a little bit less of the pizzazz, but it oh, also frees you up to yeah. enjoy the tournament yeah. for everything So, look, we got March Madness, the draft, the spring game, NBA playoffs. We got a lot of things coming up that I like and that I get excited about. It's just that first day of having to make the adjustment, that reality that sets in, you're like, Damn it, man. This Saturday, I'm not going to watch football. This Sunday, I'm not going to watch football. I don't have it. I would just prefer that the university, for me and for a lot of us out there, Mm. does not schedule the spring game for Masters weekend. I mean, come on. What are we doing? Plus, there's not a home baseball series. We're on the road for baseball, and it's Masters weekend. That's over, too. I don't like that very much. Over. It's moving day. We'll have one eye on moving day as we're doing the coverage of the spring game, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm going to be locked in on that moving day. I'm going to tell you what. Oh, what? You're going to lock it in with the pregame show, and <laughs> yeah. then you're off yeah. to do whatever you're doing. <laughs> but no, i got to obviously, uh, obviously, i got to watch. Hey, I see Abdel. I know that NIT is coming. We're not going to be in that. I don't think we're going to win another game. The Imagine this. The Ding Ding is devastated. The Ding Ding had set up shop. You know, Ding Ding's like, all right, every day. And then he's like, wait a minute now. 
they could they could blow this. Like I mean, we even have Railroad Square next to the mm, building. Like mm, we're all set up. The set up like, shop. Damn. He's like, smoke them if you got them. Let's go, everybody. Get on board. Let's go. And now he's like, damn it. I got to call the beep beep. So <laughs> he's putting in the call to the beep beep. And the beep beep's like, ooh. <laughs> he's all excited. He doesn't get a call very often. Would they accept it, though? I don't know. Oh, the beep beep? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> if if they, it even if exists. They, yeah. If, does it even exist? Let me anymore? check and see if it exists. I don't even know if the beep beep even exists. It's uh, so frustrating um, to, to to watch the, the latter stages of a basketball season. Uh, and it's been a long time since we've had to watch the latter se- uh, stages of uh, the basketball season and not have. You know, uh, somebody in the hunt, not have somebody who not only is in the hunt, but is on the verge of, you know, cashing their ticket. And we're starting to argue about can they get as high as a four seed or a three seed or a two seed? I mean, these have been the discussions for us the last handful of years. And so to not even be able to talk about a team that is going to make the tournament is, is brutal. Okay, Brutal. so I got to share something of how great the internet is. I'm on a website called happeninghoops.com right now, mm. and it has CBI and CIT bracketology oh for my 2022 god. for oh, this year. Oh my god! So are we a one seed in the CBI? And the guy says, "Welcome to the website. Uh, I predict the fields for these two things. This is my fifth season doing this. <laughs> I have a career 80 percent accuracy rate, nailing it. 87 percent accuracy mm-hmm. rate. He's probably this. been screwed over by teams that turned it down. Yeah, probably." Well, does he have us there? I'll take a look. I've got to imagine. Uh, think about that unique passion that you have to have. I really love this CBI. This thing is great. The answer is no. No. Well, we'll be in soon enough. Hey, I have a, uh, a quick uh, note for you, Tom, that I uh, thought you would enjoy. And maybe you know it already. You, you might very well. Um, it might be the kind of thing you know because uh, you do like – this particular thing and that is that um you like porters you like to drink porters. oh right? yeah yeah absolutely. you and i both especially uh, this time of year when it's nice and chilly. not bourbon porters no like why does class, everybody have to do crossovers? i don't know they ruin them they ruin them i'm with you but you like porters well i was reading an article uh and it had more to do with um 1800s england uh, and it was, it was, so I was reading this article, I went down a rabbit hole, um, and I realized the origination of that word is the reason that they call beer, that particular type of beer, a porter, is that it was consumed in massive amounts by the porters, uh, that is to say a, a person who carries a burden, usually like physical items that's what they did you dock your ship one who works at a port and these these people had to take all of your heavy stuff right and so like if you were moving into uh you know a victorian house or whatever and you had all these couches and dressers and stuff you hired the porters to carry your stuff all over the place right those people were said in the 1800s right these people transporting your goods the porters at the docks drank so much of that particular type of beer, it hadn't been named. It's named after them because they drank gallons of it every day, and they started in the morning. So they got up, 
Can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning, right? They they got up and started pounding porters because their life sucked that much. This is what they did. Uh, what are you going to do today, Steve? Carry around heavy stuff for not a lot of money? Exhaust myself, go to bed, and get up and do it again because I got nothing else. I ain't got nothing else. That's it. At well, least. here's a porter. Yeah. There you go, buddy. Start drinking. At least I have this delicious beverage every day. Yeah, swilling it every day. They believed it made them stronger. <laughs> Perhaps for a very short window of time it did. <laughs> Imagine confronting porters at around 3 in the afternoon back then. I don't think that's all too different now. I mean, just think of season two of The Wire on the docks. Yeah. That bar looked like it was open 24-7. <laughs> I would think. Tough life out there on the docks. Man, I imagine you're like, you're just an upstanding guy. You want to get your stuff moved. It's there. It's 3 o'clock. Oh, we're not arriving until 3. These guys are all be in the bag. But that, okay, they were the equivalent of the caddies of their time. Mm -hmm. That's what caddies were. Yeah. Caddies were professional drinkers who just happened to want to hold something and walk on a meadow. And not be told they had to do real work. Right. I'm going to walk this meadow is what I'm going to do. And then there was a process. I'm helping this guy, Kyle, swing a club. Yeah, in the, in the era of the Tom Morris and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff where things changed a little Old bit about Tom caddies. Morris. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I think you're required to say it. That's why I brought it up. Uh, nonetheless, I thought you'd enjoy that. That's porters. There you go. Every time you swill one of those porters, buddy, you say, God bless those guys in the 1800. The most blue-collar beer there ever was. Difficult times. Woo. Wake up drinking. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with us.